Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping you put real food on the table without stress and without overwhelm. This is episode 32, The Art of Intuitive Cooking. There's a scenario that happens in my kitchen all the time that I wonder if you've experienced as well. It begins with me cooking a new recipe that is unfamiliar territory for me. As I start, everything seems to be going well until I come to a point in the recipe that makes me stop and think. Let's pretend I'm making an apple pie, for example. I'll get to the point where I'm making the apple pie filling and I will think, gee, I'm surprised there's no flour or cornstarch in this to thicken it up. I wonder if I should add some. No, no, I'm sure it's fine. After all, I'm sure this person online who made this recipe and posted it must know more than me. Maybe there's enough sugar to thicken it. It's fine, I'll just do what they say. And then, inevitably, I will walk away with a watery mess for a pie and I'll think, ah, why didn't I just trust myself? Has this ever happened to you? I honestly can't say when or how it happened, but after years and years of cooking regularly, I started to notice patterns, and those patterns have taught me what things will work and what things won't. For example, I know that a fruit pie without some kind of thickener will be watery. I know that any dish with more than a quarter teaspoon of cayenne pepper will be too spicy for my family. I know that most dishes need about one teaspoon of salt to be salted to our taste, but that I will always start with just a half a teaspoon and gradually move up from there because a dish that is too salty is unsalvageable. I know that a dish that calls for sugar in a marinade will likely burn on the grill, and so on and so forth. But for some reason, despite all of this useful knowledge in my brain, I often find myself trusting recipes more than I trust myself, and I don't allow myself to practice intuitive cooking. Recipes are wonderful. I mean, I've got a full blog of them, and I still rely on them often. But I truly believe that our strict reliance on recipes can be crippling and actually cause us more stress in the kitchen and cause us to avoid cooking. There are a lot of different ways a recipe can cripple us. Let's take a recipe for pasta that looks amazing but has mushrooms. Many of us would pass that recipe up if we had a husband who doesn't eat fungus, as my husband would say. There also might be a recipe that calls for a few things we don't have right now, so we decide to pass it up. Lastly, many times recipes are just wrong. The people who write them might have written them down incorrectly, or they may have different tastes than we do. Because recipes can be so easily shared and adapted, which is beautiful, it can also make recipes more difficult to trust. But for some reason, for many of us, the words on that page feel like gospel and we're scared to deviate from them even when our intuition tells us that we should. So how can we start trusting ourselves and that intuition that we're working to develop? Here are my ways to get started with intuitive cooking. I'm gonna try these a little bit more myself to try and trust my inner chef more and I hope that you do too. I say all the time that if you hate cooking, sharpen your knife and work on your knife skills. 
cooking without a proper knife or proper knife skills is frustrating and time consuming. Literally just watching my husband cut carrots makes me hate cooking. <laughs> knife skills are the first skill to perfect to become a great cook and a more intuitive cook. Second, you want to practice cooking with a recipe. It will be pretty challenging to become an intuitive cook if you aren't familiar with cooking at all. Think of your recipes like templates. It's absolutely wonderful to have recipes when you're starting out and you don't know all the ins and outs of something, but as you learn more, you'll want to find yourself breaking the templates a little bit or making your own. Third, you should familiarize yourself with cooking terms. As you begin cooking from recipes, you may start to come across terms you aren't familiar with. Start writing them down and create a little glossary for yourself as you figure out and practice different techniques. Fourth is to start learning basic cooking techniques that you can apply to many different recipes. Are you familiar with what a roux is and how it's used? Can you make a custard without scrambling your eggs? Do you know the purpose of creaming butter and sugar? These are the kind of questions you'll want to start asking yourself and the techniques that you can start practicing. The fifth step to becoming an intuitive cook goes along with learning cooking techniques, but once you've learned these techniques, start to look for them in recipes. You should also look for other patterns in your recipes that you'd never noticed before. From our example earlier, if you make fruit pies, you'll start to notice that almost all of them contain flour or cornstarch. As you notice these patterns, ask yourself, why do these patterns exist? Which brings me to the next point. The sixth step to becoming an intuitive cook is to familiarize yourself with the role of different ingredients in finished dishes. Cooking and baking is a science and an art. You'll become a much better cook when you understand why an ingredient is added to a recipe instead of just trusting that you need it. For example, have you ever wondered why a certain dish might use baking soda instead of baking powder? Well, I'll let you in on the secret. Baking soda needs an acid to activate it. So if you're making a cake with buttermilk, and acid, you might use baking soda. If you see a recipe that uses baking soda but doesn't have an acid, run far away. It will taste bitter and it won't rise properly. But you would never know that if you didn't figure out why you were adding baking soda to begin with. The seventh step to becoming an intuitive cook is to familiarize yourself with common substitutions. Don't give up on a dish or a recipe just because you don't have everything in it or because you don't like everything in it. Don't have sour cream? Try Greek yogurt. Don't like mushrooms? Substitute a different quick cooking veggie like zucchini. Making small substitutions is a great way to start to break free from the recipe trap and see that cooking rules are meant to be broken and you might create something you like even better than the original recipe. My eighth step to becoming an intuitive cook is to familiarize yourself with common flavor and spice combinations. One of my favorite ways to play with a recipe is to play with the spice and flavor combinations. The easiest way for me to do this 
is to pick a cuisine I'm inspired by, let's take Asian food for example, and to try to create a dish inspired by those flavors. So if I want to make a salad, I'm going to use soy, ginger, rice, vinegar, garlic, cilantro, and other flavors that are typically associated with that kind of cuisine. I will also want to turn to veggies like edamame and cabbage that are commonly used in this type of cuisine as well. You can also just try flavor combinations that are known to go well together, like garlic and anything. <laughs> After you've familiarized yourself with cooking techniques, with substitutions, with flavor and spice combinations, you should be well on your way to becoming an intuitive cook. At this point, you might be ready to create some basic recipe templates of your own. Once you've been cooking and pairing flavors for a while, you'll begin to notice that basically every soup begins the same way, with sauteing your aromatic veggies. From these recipe templates that you can start to create, you'll be able to create your very own recipes. Not every recipe will be a total winner, but if you've created good, simple templates and guides, you shouldn't be able to fail too horribly. At this point, you're ready to just let loose and have fun. Even after you've reached this point in the process, you will still likely turn to recipes often but hopefully you will have learned how you can alter recipes for what you have on hand. And when you're feeling extra creative, you'll be willing to just throw everything out the window and create something just for fun. Even after years of cooking, I have a hard time trusting myself as a cook. I'm planning to use some of these techniques myself to learn to trust that I do know what I'm talking about, sometimes more than a recipe, and that I can create delicious meals out of whatever I have on hand. I hope this episode has inspired you to get a little bit more creative in the kitchen and to start learning the techniques that will make you a confident and intuitive cook in the kitchen. Next week, we'll be talking about a little limiting belief that I hear all the time about meal planning and meal prep. Tune in to find out why most people choose not to meal prep and why I don't think that excuse is valid next week. I'm so excited to talk about it. I hope you'll tune in. And until next week, happy cooking and happy